about the power of invitation. Uh, invites carry with them, generally speaking, an opportunity to deepen a connection. Any invitation is an opportunity to deepen a connection. You know, it's come and join us as we do this thing. Let's hang out together. Let's play this game together. Let's play this sport together. Let's go to this gig together. Let's share this experience. Let's come and see this thing. Come and celebrate with us. It's an invitation into possibility and opportunity and a deeper connection. And maybe you're here today because someone invited you or encouraged you to come along. There is a power, an extraordinary potential in invitations. When you think about it, most of the significant things, the really significant things we do with our lives, take almost the whole of our lives. They take a really long time. But an invitation just takes a moment. It can just take a few seconds. And yet it has this extraordinary dynamic potential in it. It can change the course of someone's life. It can change uh, someone's destiny. It can actually impact the lives of those people you might never meet this side of eternity. And there's something extraordinarily powerful about invitations. And we all have people in our lives who we might long to encounter Jesus. Maybe you've got a friend or a family member or a colleague or even your boss, and you think, I just, I just would love this person to encounter Jesus. Maybe it's someone you've just met this week. Maybe you're here or you're watching online and you're thinking, actually, that's me. I would, I would quite like to encounter Jesus. I've, I've kind of followed at a distance. I've, I've been aware of some of this stuff. Maybe, maybe I'd, I'd just love to know, though, that I could know Jesus not just as some kind of abstract figure or a name, or someone I've heard about, but that I might even be able to encounter him as a friend. And that's what we're going to look at today. How might the invitations we make enable, just picture one person in your life. One person in your life you'd love to encounter Jesus. Maybe yourself, maybe a friend or a family member or a colleague. What if, as a result of your invitation, that person could this Christmas you know, be singing the carols, be kind of celebrating Christmas, and for the first time in their life, think, I know who it is I'm singing to. I know what this is all about. And the first thing we see in this passage is the importance of experiencing the wonder. Jesus tells this story. He's at a table. He's at a meal. And they've invited him. The Pharisees have invited him to kind of test him, to try him out, because they're not sure about him. And, uh, and, and he realizes that they're kind of assuming the most prominent roles around the table, the most prominent seats. And he kind of challenges that and says, look, when you throw a banquet, don't just invite all the people you know. You should be inviting the poor, the least, the last, the lost, and those on the fringes of society. And then one of the people at the table says, you know, blessed is the one who will eat and feast in the kingdom of God. They were people who understood, who knew the promise in Isaiah 25 that one day God would return and gather to him people from all nations. It says in Isaiah 25, on this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged you know, wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. This was like a reality, an expectation, a hope that one day when God returned to gather his people together, there would be this great feast, this great celebration, this great party. And they're 
So this guy asks this question, and he says, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to be part of that party? Almost to test Jesus. And the interesting thing is, of all the people at the table, of all the people in that room, the only person who knows the end from the beginning, the only person who knows what that party is really going to be like, the only person who has a sense of it because he's been with the Father from before all time, is Jesus. And he responds by telling this story about a person throwing a huge party a great banquet. And this was a culture in which eating together in celebration was the focal point, the center point of the entire community, the whole purpose of community life. You connected with and you honored people and you celebrated people around a meal. And if you're throwing a big party, a big banquet like this, in a culture like this, then what you would do is you'd send out your invites and then people would say, yeah, we're coming. And, then, and then, then you would go out and you would buy the food and you would buy the meat and you would butcher the meat, you know, your kind of fattened calf, your lamb. And then you would roast the food and you'd get the musicians in and you'd prepare all the tables and you'd have everything ready in your house. And then when everything was just coming to the perfect spot, then you'd send out your messengers, your servants if you were rich enough, and you'd send them out to say to those people who'd already agreed to come to your party, now's the time, come now. Everything is ready. And that, that this is the moment. And the messengers you sent, they've seen the party be set up. They've smelt the roast lamb. They've savored it. They've heard the musicians. They've felt the vibe of the party. They've heard everything get ready. And for them, it's quite a fun role because you just go out, you know, everyone's going to be excited. It's now, come, come, it's now, it's time, it's time, come, come. And you know it's going to be great. And that is the metaphor. That is the image, the picture that Jesus paints of what it's going to be like when God gathers his people to himself. I don't know what your picture of heaven or of eternity is in your mind, but it's not going to be miserable. It's not going to be quiche. It's going to be a huge, big party. You know, Christianity is not a faith for people who enjoy being miserable. You know, it embraces both sadness and solemnity and joy and celebration. But our hope is for a celebration that's going to go on for all time. The best party you could possibly imagine. And maybe like me, you still bear some of the scars of the last 18 months. And so it's hard to get yourself into that headspace this morning. Maybe your joy that you had when you first encountered Jesus has gone a bit cold. Maybe just because it's been a crazy 18 months, you started to follow him a little bit at a distance. Maybe you've never really come that close. And although no one would know it, on the inside, you're not sure if there's a connection there at all. Maybe just your joy has dissipated. Jesus says, our hope of eternity is a hope of great celebration. And then we can even taste that now. And people don't know. People in our city don't know. People in our universities don't know. People in our hospitals don't know. People you know, across our schools and our families and our communities don't know that that's what we're inviting them into. And sometimes we have to rediscover that for ourselves first because if you're going to extend the invitation, it really helps to have experienced the party. When I was here at uni, um, 
they, they have these kind of college balls, and they're kind of like huge parties, like crazy parties. But I'd never been to one. I'd never experienced one. I've been to parties before. I've been to nightclubs before. But I haven't been to one of these parties before. And on a Saturday night, we're just kind of in my student house. We're just hanging out, watching a film. And it got to about 8.30. The film wasn't that great. And then a mate of ours stopped by, and he said, you'll never guess what. One of my mates is a bouncer on the door at this epic party which is going on at one of these colleges. Come with me and we can all get in and we can go to this party. But it was like 8.30, we hadn't planned to go out that night and some people were into the film even though it was a bit dull and they're like, no, 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 can't be bothered, can't be bothered. And he was like, honestly, I think it's going to be great. No, nah, not sure, not sure. And I was like, it's a party, what's the harm, let's give it a go. So I go, okay, let's go. So we jumped in the cab, we bombed across the city, we got to the gates of the party, um, we went up, we found the bouncer, had a little chat with him. He said, hi, how's it going? You having a good night? He's like, yeah. Is it hard? No, it's okay. You're not working too late. So I, I mean, generally speaking, life is good to be kind to bouncers. Um, that's, that's not in the passage. That's just general life advice. Be kind <laughs> to bouncers. Show an interest. Ask how they're doing. And so we did that. And then we walked in. And then I was open-mouthed in wonder. There was every drink you could possibly think of. There was every food you could possibly think of. We walked into the first place and there was this epic band just playing amazing tunes. We're like, this is amazing. There were thousands of people. Then we walked into the second venue and there was like an awesome DJ just dropping banger after banger after banger. This is like so good. Then we walked into the third venue. There was a stand-up comedian just nailing it. So funny. We were like, this is awesome. Then we walked outside onto this like lawn with a lake at the end of it and we like walked out and there was just like another band and people just partying and then there were like boats that you could just like ride or pilot or whatever it is you do with a boat. And they were just like going up and down this river. And I was like, this is amazing. And we were kind of like just going off dancing, running around crazy, just like kids in a sweet shop for about an hour. And then I suddenly realized my mates are still back at the house. I've just left them there watching this terrible film. So I like pulled out my phone and um, this was a few years ago. It was um, B.I., before Instagram, and, um, and uh, it's pre-2010. And so these days, if, if you're in a situation like that, just do a quick story, tag your mates, and then they could see and then they'd come. And some of you do that even when, when your mates can't come, just to let them know what they're missing out on. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't no, no Instagram, no app. And I tell you what, this might shock you, but in those days, not everyone had a camera on their phone. I didn't have a camera on my phone. So here's the world's smallest violin playing just for me. I didn't have a camera. So I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. So I was like, what do I do? So I, I don't really want to send a text. So I had to phone, voice call, phone them and try and paint a visual image with my words of the scene that we're experiencing. So I said to them, it's amazing. And they're like, no, 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 no. So I was like, oh, I don't believe it. So I was like, right. So I'm like, I said to my, let's just go and get them. So we jumped into a taxi. We came across the city. We jumped out. We went into our student house. We're like, you're coming. It's amazing. Honestly, trust me, it's amazing. They were like, it's 10 o'clock. I was like, are you 19 or 90? Get in the cab. Like this. So eventually managed to push them into the cab. They got in the cab. Went there. Passed the bouncer. Hi, hope you having a good night here. And then we went in. And they were like, this is epic. And we're like, we know. And then we went off. And then after about half an hour, they started phoning people. By the time it got to 3 a.m., there was 30 of us dancing on this lawn to this amazing band. It was one of the best nights of my life. It was an awesome, awesome party. Super cool. So much fun. You know, when you've experienced the party for yourself, it's not hard to extend an invitation to other people. You know, if you're at a great party and you're having a great time, you're just naturally going to say, come and see. Come and enjoy. Come with me. But sometimes it can be hard. 
You know, when life is busy, when work is busy, when you've got lots of hassles, when relationships are complex, when your relationships with colleagues are complex, when, when you've got lots going on and you kind of think, yeah, I know there's a wonder to knowing Jesus, but right now it's not in the forefront of my mind. Yeah, I know I once was captivated by seeing his beauty, but now I'm not so sure. And I want to remind myself to taste again and see the Lord is good to feel the breathless wonder of forgiveness, to breathe in the peace of Christ, to hear his tender voice, to experience the love of God poured into my heart afresh. You know, Jesus knows me to the bottom of my soul. All of the good, all of the bad. All that I'm you know, proud of and pushed to the surface, all that I'm ashamed of and I try and hide. Jesus knows me to the bottom of my soul and yet he loves me to the sky. Jesus knows you to the bottom of your soul and yet he loves you to the sky. And he has saved a space for you at his table. And that is awesome news. That is wonderful news. That is glorious news. And sometimes I need to recover the wonder of what we've been given through Jesus. Because sometimes I look at my mates and I think they're doing all right. Got okay jobs. Have a nice holiday every now and again. Seem like they're doing okay. You know, I, but I can't just leave them to get on with it. This is life-changing, destiny-altering good news. And sometimes the, the truth is, the only glimpse that people get of Jesus is you. Sometimes the closest people are going to get to seeing Jesus is your face. Terrifying. For me. But what an opportunity that we get to say, everything is now ready. The cost has been incurred. The effort has been expended. The work has been done. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to bring anything with you. You just have to respond. Because Jesus, the Son of God, loves you and gave himself for you. He took our sin on his shoulders. He paid the price. He shed his blood to win us peace with God. Experience the wonder. Don't miss it. Experience the wonder. But then secondly, don't miss out. The invites go out and the servants kind of come out to bring these people to the party. And then it says they all alike begin to make excuses. The first says, I've just bought a field, so I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And it's very easy to make excuses and, you know, we've all probably done it. But it sounds on the face of it plausible. Oh, you've bought a field, of course you need to go and see it. But it's crazy. Who buys a field without seeing it? You know, in the Middle East especially, it really matters what soil you have. It really matters the drainage. It really matters in the Middle East if it's facing the winter sun. It's a really bad excuse. The second says, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. And you're like, okay, please excuse me. Okay. But then, I mean, you cannot have oxen that don't pull together. They're pairs, so you need to know if they're going to pull together. You would never buy a pair of oxen, let alone five pairs of oxen, until you had to see them pull together. Because otherwise they might go like that. And then you ain't going to be able to do nothing with them. It's like taking a car for a test drive after you've bought it. And then the third doesn't even make an excuse. Says, I've just got married, so I can't come. Full stop. Each one rejects the messenger and the invite in such a way as to actually reject the host. Kind of has an appearance of civility, you know, please excuse me. But there's no real relationship there. 
the relationship is awfully broken. No one responds that way to someone who's throwing a party and has extended an invitation and wants to have you in an honored place around their table. You only respond that way if you've fallen out with a host or you never really knew him. And Jesus tells this story to people who are expecting to be able to come to the banquet. Assumed, would never have entered their mind that they wouldn't have an honored seat at the table because of their background, their education, their family, that they'd just be able to walk in. And Jesus says, it's saying in a way, I've been sent to you to say, it's ready, it's time. How are you going to respond? And Jesus kind of reaches out, knowing, the host reaches out, knowing that some will reject. But he still extends the invitation, even though the excuses are going to come. I've been thinking a lot this week um, about first weeks at uni, because on, on Thursday we had a student night in here with lots and lots of students. And uh, my first week at uni, I, I, kind of, I kind of had a faith. But I was a bit kind of, you know, I'll find my own path. Don't want to rush into anything, you know. I'll see how it goes. And, um, and then on the Saturday night, I was in a bar and just got chatting to this girl. And she was super bold. And within about the first three minutes, she was like, I'm a Christian. I was like, what, do you want a medal? I mean, like, and, um, and I was like, all right, okay. And uh, I said, well, I kind of have faith too. And she's like, all right. But I think she thought I was winding her up or chatting her up. And... Um, and she said, well, if you're a Christian, come to church with me in the morning. I was like, well, steady on. I mean, you know, it's like 2 a.m. I mean, what? And, uh, and she was like, well, why not? And I was like, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's early. You know, it's the first week. I thought I might leave it a few weeks. She kind of rolled her eyes. And, um, and I was like, well, you know, I want to find my own path. I don't want to be steered in one direction or the other. And she kind of rolled her eyes again. And I said, well, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just... Um, I, I don't even know the way. And she's like, are we talking about going to church? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, why are you making it into such a big thing? Surely you can just turn up at church. So I was like, yeah, I can just turn up at church. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, why don't I call for you in the morning and I'll show you the way. And I was like, okay. Anyway, completely forgot about this conversation and went to bed about three and slept really deeply and then was awoken by the sound of someone beating down my door. So loud, so loud. Like I kind of rolled out of bed, opened the door. I was like, what is it? And it was this girl who was saying, we're going to church. I was like, now? She's like, it's Sunday morning. People go to church on Sunday morning. I was like, but I've just woken up. She's like, you've got five minutes. I was like, what? So I closed the door. I was like, this is crazy. So I got dressed really quickly, and I kind of was, I was in, my head was hurting, I was feeling a bit unwell, and, um, and we kind of walked to church, and I was thinking the whole way, this is really annoying. <laughs> Who does this person think she is? I mean, she got up early so she could call for me. She made herself an enemy of everyone on my floor, banged on the door for about five minutes. She dragged me there with me complaining almost the whole way. And I look back now and I think my life was on a knife edge and I didn't even realize it. I was being a bit cocky. I was a bit like, oh, I'm sure there'll be a place at the banquet for me. I don't need to rush it. I'll take my time. I was a bit proud. I don't need to be too keen. Let's see, maybe not the first year, maybe the second, maybe the third year, maybe when I'm 25, maybe when I'm 30, maybe when I've got a first promotion, maybe this, maybe that maybe the other, had all the excuses, all of them completely and utterly pointless. Nothing to them. 
And really, I was in that space of just, should I respond to this invitation? She didn't just invite me, she dragged me. You know, can I just say to you, maybe you've been invited to church. Maybe you've had a nudge to get close to Jesus. Maybe you've been tempted to take a step of faith. Maybe he's been stirring something in your heart. Don't miss out. Jesus is waiting for you to respond to the invitation. It matters. Jesus says at the end of this passage, he says, you know, those who don't respond, they can't come in. Not one of those who's invited is going to get a taste of the banquet. And sometimes Jesus says some things and it seems quite strong, but it makes sense. I mean, you can't taste the banquet if you refuse the invitation. You can't be part of the party at a distance. It doesn't work like that. Don't miss out. And then the third thing we see is how important it is to extend the invitation. I love the fact that the host's response to rejection is to open the doors wider and to invite even more people. Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys and bring in the poor, the lame, and the blind. Bring them. Don't just invite them. Bring them. People who would never think that they could be welcome. People who are too poor to repay the invitation and invite the host back. People who can't return the hospitality. People who are marginalized and looked down on. The host doesn't say, oh, they they haven't responded to my invite, so I'm going to cancel the party. I'm going to turn around in a huff. I'm going to walk away from this. Chuck all the food in the bin. He isn't canceling the party. He's writing a whole new guest list. The host's anger overflows in mercy. The host's humiliation overflows in grace. And Jesus is saying, you know, one, one, one of the things Jesus is saying is, don't lose sight of those who desperately need the invitation in our community. One of the reasons we have a community meal, a banquet, which we're starting again on the end of this month, 31st of October, in our church on a Sunday afternoon, three-course meal, for those in our community who need a bit of extra help, who need a bit of extra support, we don't want them to miss out. We want to make sure they have an honored place. But it's broader than that as well. Jesus uses this to make a broader point. The party is going to happen. But you might be surprised at who gets to come along. Not because of their merits, but because of their willingness to respond. And you might feel today like these people who were being invited, who needed to be brought, probably felt. Like, if you're honest, in your innermost place, you think sometimes, why would, why would Jesus want me? Why would Jesus want me at his party? Why would Jesus want me at his table? I can see how he might want my sister or my brother or my friend or my colleague or that other person I know. They've got it a bit more together than me, but why would he want me? He saved a place at his table for you. And in a moment, you'll have an opportunity to say, I I don't want to miss that place. It sometimes seems too good to be true. And I often feel like I don't deserve it. But he has saved 
an honored seat at his table for you. The servant sees this attitude in the host. He kind of sees the host's heart and he gets it. He's like, oh, the host really wants loads of people at his party. He kind of catches the passion. Your passion is what you're prepared to suffer for. The host doesn't let the humiliation of the rejection stop him from making a further invitation. And the, the, the servant sees this and he says, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. There's still room. Go out, the host says, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them. Compel them, bring them in. Don't let anyone miss out. Come and see. There's a seat for you. There's a place for you. This is the moment. There's still room. You know, lots of the most significant things we do in our lives take a really long time. And that's right and that's good. And that shows their value. But an invitation can take just a moment. Come and see. Take just a moment to respond to an invitation. I'm going to come. And that can change your whole life. It can get, change the whole trajectory of your life. It can change the whole trajectory of someone you know's life. And it can start a chain reaction across the network, through the generations. So in years to come, people you never meet are still being influenced by the invitation you made. Come, everything is ready. <laughs>